As you take up the offering, can we turn to Colossians? I'm jumping between Philippians and Colossians over the last little while. If you want to uh, kind of uh, understand what where I'm preaching from, what I'm saying, well, then it'd be a great idea to just keep uh, reading um, Philippians and Colossians. I think they're amazing uh, letters that Paul wrote. And uh, I think we can believe this. Well, and God can do amazing things. The journey that we're on as a church, the journey that I think God's wanting to share with us, the journey that God's wanting to impart to us is simply to believe who we are, right? I think that's the biggest challenge that the enemy uh, uh, um, has, has had in the history of the church is people that believe who they are. It's his biggest challenge. When a person arises up and believes who they are, they're very scary to the enemy. So he tries to throw out a whole bunch of things and little stories and all kinds of stuff to try and shake us from believing who we are. Because that's simply what it is, friends. What I wanna share with you this morning in light of everything that's been shared, even what Connor shared yesterday, is simply put, friends, is we, we need to just dare to believe what God says about us. And if I can do that and every single day, I can live like that, friends, I can live in the realms that God wants me to live in, amen? And then I live every single day, I wake up with such joy, such excitement. Amen. So this is an encouragement I want to try and share with you this morning just very quickly. Um, um, But if you can turn to Colossians chapter 1, let's just read from verse, uh, pick anywhere, but I'll read from verse 3. I think it's verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Paul sharing to the Colossians, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Wow, what a beautiful declaration over the Colossians church. That Let me just pray for you, your faith in Jesus and your love that you have for all the saints. Why do they have this incredible love, church? Because of the hope laid up for them in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Man, we should be so in love and be such love to people and to the saints around us because of the hope that we have in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. Remember, we're talking about the truth and the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and growing. Friends, the truth, the gospel, wherever it is preached, bears fruit and it grows. Um, As it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. The gospel is the grace of God. When you understand it and hear it in truth, oh, it just changes your life. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Such a beautiful letter. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be lifted up, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Isn't that beautiful, church? If I had time to just unpack that a little bit, uh, maybe filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And God is simply asking His church, His people, to just walk in a manner worthy of Him, fully pleasing to him. Man, he's talking about sons and daughters here. Man, when sons and daughters walk, walk in a manner, a manner worthy of him, amen? 
um, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. Oh, I pray that over us as a church. May we be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, with the thrones of dominions, rulers and authority. He is before all things, in whom all things are held together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. Let me just read that part quickly to you again. You who once were alienated and hostile in mind or corrupted in your mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. God reconciled us by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed. Friends, this is not Grant's idea, this is God's idea. It's God's idea that Jesus would come and die and through his death he would reconcile us back to him and we would be holy, blameless, and above reproach. That's the word of the Lord. You and I are holy and blameless and above reproach. A done deal, friends. Not my idea, God's idea. If we as the church today, every single one of us, could arise and believe and understand of who we are, that we are holy and blameless and above reproach. We always beloved. it. If you can understand that and settle that, friends, it would change a lot of things of how we uh, believe and how we operate. It's, what, it's about what he says about us through his son. We need to get over anything that would challenge the mindset, anything that would challenge us because of our thinking. We need to get over it and just believe what he says. Amen. Because his word never returns void. And his word will always accomplish. His word will never fail, friends. Amen. So let's just believe it. The, the simplicity of the gospel, friends, is God gave two commandments, and he said the one is just like the other, and they linked all together. The first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second one, just like it, love your neighbor as yourself, friends. Why are they linked and they're like one another and they're connected together? Because you can't love your neighbor unless you know God loves you. Amen? So they're connected together. This whole gospel is about, they're all, they're all connected, it's just about loving your neighbor, it's about loving one another. It's about believing who you are as a son and a daughter and being who God's called you to be because that's who he is, he is love. Amen, and we his son and his daughter, now we can go and love our neighbor because we know that he loves us. Amen. So the fundamental understanding in the Bible, which got all confused, which is just, I'm reemphasizing again, is the Bible says when, when the disciples looked and they saw Jesus, they said, behold, the Lamb of God who... 
takes away the sins, takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Okay, so he takes away. Why does he have to take it away? Because it was covering something. He took it away so it could reveal your and my true value. It could reveal who we really are. You see, it wasn't, the focus has never been about the sin, friends. The focus is about what the sin has been covering. The sin's been covering your and my true value, sons and daughters of God. Amen. It took away the sin. Underneath the sin, there was something of great value, you and I. See, the gospel is more about, the rede- about redeeming your value than that we've missed the mark. The gospel is more about redeeming your value than that we have missed the mark. Let me ask you this simple question. It's a good question. And any takers, you're welcome. Come see me afterwards. Any of you willing to pay a million rand for my car outside? If you are, come and see me. But we can ask ourselves this question, why? Why are you not willing to pay a million rand for my car outside? Because it's not worth it. Because no one pays something if it's not worth it. Ask yourself this simple question. Jesus gave his son's blood and life for you and I. This has got nothing to do with Revlon, but I'm telling you right now, I'm worth it. You are worth it. God gave his son because you and I have value. We're worth it. We're his kids. Yes, we messed up. Yes, there was sin. Yes, Jesus had to come and die for our sin to take away our sin so he could reveal our true value and purpose. And that sons and daughters, he gave everything so the sons and daughters might arise. The whole of creation is groaning, saying, dear God, let the sons and daughters arise. Amen. Because when they arise, it's like they are the gems of creation. They are the beauty of creation. They are creation. We understand that, friends. This is not a Dale Carnegie confidence course. This is just the Bible. It's truth. This is just the reality that you dare to believe it, friends. Because you dare to believe it, it puts a smile on your face. It makes you excited every single day. What? That's who I am? Wow. Not I'm trying to be. I'm doing my best, Grant. Get off my back. I promise you, I'm not on your back. There's something else on your back. It's a monkey. And that monkey is whispering kakalaka in your ear. <laughs> Get him off your back, friends. And listen to the voice of God telling you, you are his kids. You are precious. You are worth it. You are amazing. You are wonderful. And he wants you to rise and be who he's called you to be. Amen. Whoop. Do you know that God created you and I so that he could live in you? Woohoo! You and I were created so that he could live in us. He likes living in you. Wow! Isn't that amazing? You must be amazing. Amen. 
Do you know that God could have gone and built a humongous castle in the sky? I could be walking along the, the street with Casey walking along and she'll go, oh, dad, what is that? That's where God lives. Wow, look at that. It's awesome. He could have done that, but he didn't. What did he do? He said, you know what? I wanna come live inside of you so that people are walking along and they go, wow, that is awesome. That's where God lives. Come on. That's the children of God. When they look at you and they go, wow, I don't know, there's something about you. Well, there should be. It's where God lives. Come on. This is not rocket science. This is, this is the gospel. It's simple. Amen. <laughs> Woo. We need to be free, though, friends. And this is the key, and this is the key that ties into yesterday even as well. We need to be free. What do we need to be free from? Friends, we sing, I'm free. I'm free. What, what are we free from? I'm free from debt. I'm free from sickness. I'm free from this. You know what we need to be free from? Ourselves. We need to be free from self-centeredness. We need to be free from self-consciousness. We need to be free from ourselves. See, to truly be free, which is why Christ came and died, if we need to be free from me. See, before Adam and Eve fell, he was Lord and King. When Adam and Eve fell, then it became about me. And the whole journey has been about me, the way I think, the way I operate. I just, I wake up in the morning, I got born, and I think about me. And that whole me story has just got in the way of me being free. <laughs> Amen? So what I need to do is be woo, free. You see, because if I am free from me, I will be free from you. And if I am free from you, then I can truly love you. Woo. If I'm not free from me, then you can make me or break me. See, if, if I'm not free from you, my whole world then depends on you, whether you do it or don't do it. Woo, that's a heavy, friends. Why put a weight on people they can never carry? and are destined to fail. People cannot carry that weight, friends, and they're destined to fail you, I promise you that. One of the saddest things for me is a lot of people are nothing more than the world around them. Whatever their world is around them, they're nothing more than that, friends. The day they lose their job, the day that somebody rejects them, the day that their social status changes, the day that they, they can't drive the latest model of the car, the, the day they are nothing more than the world around them. That has got to be the saddest thing ever, friends. You see, if I'm not free from me, then you can make me or break me, and suddenly you become or people become my potter. instead of the Holy Spirit inside me. You begin to mold and shape me instead of the Holy Spirit 
shaping me. All of a sudden, I need instead of love. See, we want to be what Jesus accomplished us to be. We were created in God's image. We were created in love. Because God is love. Our predestined created value is love. The only little problem is self-centeredness. Because self-centeredness will get in the way of that. And it will shape and mold us into something completely different. And you end up having a golden calf. Instead of God. And we've got time. You see, you and I did not pray a prayer to go to heaven. Let's get this, let's kill this holy cow, let's get it out of the church. We did not pray a prayer to go to heaven. We prayed, prayed a prayer to bring heaven into us. We could just preach the whole day on that. We would not pray a prayer to go to heaven, friends. Then you sit at the big rapture bus. Oh, dear God, this world is evil. Do you not see the economy going all over the place? Do you not see all the people and they're doing the injustice in the world, Lord God? Just get us out of here. Let's go to heaven. But when I understand the gospel and what happened to me is heaven came to live inside of me. I am a child of God. I have heaven inside of me, and my responsibility now is I'm going to let heaven out. Woohoo! I'm going to now preach the gospel. Hallelujah! Amen! Amen. Glory to God! <laughs> it's my television evangelism coming. <laughs> oh no! Forgive me, Lord. You see, you and I got right with our Father. We got right. Woohoo! I'm right with my dad. He loves me. He likes living inside of me. He brought heaven inside of me. Amen. And now I'm on this earth to bring heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You see, Jesus is not asking us to do something that he's not already done. He's not sitting in a plush executive office somewhere giving orders. Oh, can I just go there for two minutes and then I'll, can I be naughty? Two minutes and then I'll go. That's why, friends, I don't understand how churches can grow to a place where, where may we never in this church grow to a place where I can sit in an executive office, a plus executive office and give orders. Then we've lost the model. Somebody take me out and put me in my head in the toilet and hold me down until I repent. Amen. Jesus does not go and sit in some plush office, friends, and give orders of, to how you're supposed to do a whole bunch of stuff. What Jesus did do is came and demonstrate he came to earth himself. And he got in amongst, the, in the dirt and the dust with people, friends. That's the church. I don't care what hierarchy you are. I don't care how important you get. I don't care if you have 17 bodyguards. I don't care if everybody carries everything, including your shirt tail. I'm telling you right now that the, 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 the relationship of the gospel, friends, is about getting in amongst the people and ministering to them. And if somebody's out there and wants to shoot me, then shoot me. But I don't, I'm not going to get into a plush office. Come on. 
This is the gospel because I'm a demonstration of who Jesus was. Amen. He didn't hide. He came down here, friends. Ooh, he came and walked this earth. Why? Because it's normal for heaven. It's normal for heaven to love. It's normal for heaven to serve. It's normal for heaven to forgive. It's normal for heaven to care. Amen. It's normal for heaven. It's normal in heaven. It's not normal here. It's normal in heaven. It's normal in heaven for this to just lay down their lives. It's normal. God comes and brings heaven into me so that I can bring heaven to earth. Amen. So let me share this very quickly while I open a Coke. No. The challenge for us then, if we don't get this revelation, is that we go to God with all our failures, hoping he will make us a better person. See, if we don't have this revelation, we go to God, constantly the church is going to God with all our failures, hoping he will make us a better person. When we're supposed to go to God with all Christ's victories and celebrate them and wear them. If you catch this, you catch everything I'm trying to say. See, we go to God. All our failures say, God, help me, change me, whatever, get me. I want to, instead of going to God with all Christ's victories and celebrating them and wearing them, that's who I am now. I am in Christ. I'm a new creature, totally new in Christ. I don't have failures. Oh, you don't know. No, I do know that's the challenge, friends. See, Christ's victories is who I am. Christ's garments is what I'm wearing. You see, if I stumble then, friends, what happens, well, what happens if you do mess up, Grant? Well, if I stumble, friends, it can't have a shot at my identity. Oh, but I messed up. You know, I think maybe I still have that problem in my life. You know, maybe it's still got a stronghold. I think I must go and get prayer from Grant. He's a really good pastor, and he's very good at praying for those things. Friends, what I've got to do is say, that's not me. It's not gonna have a shot at my identity because I stumble. You see, anytime you stumble, friends, should be a growth in your relationship, not a negative. It actually builds your relationship. I hope you're catching this. See, the gospel is about being made right with God. Done. See, the, this honor of sonship, friends, of being a daughter and a son of God, it's not my idea. It's the gospel. It's God's idea. He took away the sin and said, I want you guys to be a son and a daughter. And you're holy and you're blameless and you're above reproach. And I want you to have a relationship with me. And I want you to express me. Ah, oh, but don't you know what about all those things, friends? Those things God takes care of. When I don't let those things have a shot at my identity. See, far too many of the churches judging themselves by the flesh when we're supposed to live by the Spirit. Bible says Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. I could read it to you. Maybe I will read it to you quickly. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses uh, 29. Let's just go to verse 29. 
I can find 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And, the, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Christ died so he could be the firstborn among many brothers, many brethren, right? We were predestined to be conformed to his image, to who he is. I was predestined to be conformed to love. Amen. And those whom he predestined, he called. Those whom he called, he justified. Those whom he justified, he glorified. Amen. So now I am his son, friends. It's a done deal. Amen. Woo. Going on. God did not spare his son, friends. If you read on Romans 8.32, how shall he not give us all things? We're his sons. We've got all things, right? Colossians. Let me read quickly again a little bit of Colossians so that you can. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. What does your Bible and my Bible say? Who qualified us? The Father qualified us. Who has qualified you and I? The Father. The devil did not qualify us, friends. So the devil and his cohorts cannot disqualify us. Come on. The Father qualified us. It's his plan. It's his idea. He qualified me to be an inheritance, to be a son and a daughter. Amen. But I love it. It says there for those little blue. <laughs> giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. In light, friends. We were darkened our understanding, our way of thinking, everything, the way I thought, my value systems, the way I operate is the way that seems right to man. It leads to destruction. Everything, friends, is transferred out of that now. And now my inheritance in light, I change the way I think, the way I understand, the way I operate, my value systems, everything changes in light. I'm a child of God, I'm a son and a daughter of God, and I've been qualified, because God gave me the qualification, so the enemy can't take away my qualification. He never gave it to me. Amen. The only person who can take away your qualification is you. Woo. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Sins are forgiven. Everybody say, sins are forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. You have now been qualified. Amen. Sins are gone, removed. Now you see your true value, and I'm qualified. God gave me that qualification. Woohoo! If you want to go in a little deeper there and get a little bit scary too, you can also just uh, help you there to say, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into His marvelous light. He has delivered you from the domain of darkness. Woohoo! He has delivered you. Past tense, you have been delivered from the domain of darkness. Darkness has no dominion over you anymore. Man, if we would believe that and live like that, sons and daughters of the king do not live under any domain of darkness. We have been delivered. I have been delivered. Any chokos and nunus, whatever, I have been delivered. I don't need anybody to deliver me. I've been delivered. 
by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't get better than that. I don't care how well you've been trained. I don't care if you've been to every single university, Christian university, everything, to train you on how to deliver people. The King of Kings delivered us. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. What you need is deliverance maybe between the ears. Because as I said before, let me say it again too. The only one that can, can disqualify you, you is you. We are the only ones who can step out of faith. I read that. And disqualify yourselves even though you have been qualified by God the Father. Isn't it a sad thing? You get before him one day and you find out that you've always been qualified but you disqualified yourself. The qualification is done, friends. He qualified you. It's done deal. You're qualified. Boom, done. But you can slip out of your robe and disqualify yourself. It doesn't change that you're qualified. It just means that you've suddenly become naked. How many know that the days of naked and ashamed are over? Amen. I wear his robe now. Woo. Come on. I'm working hard this morning. <laughs> mm. I'm enjoying it. See, God will have qualified us, but we can live our whole lives disqualified when we're actually qualified. You're the only one who can slip out of your robe of righteousness. The days of hiding from God are over. I'm his son, and he qualified me. Amen? Satan cannot undress us, because God gave me his robe. We're in wedding gowns, and I look good in one. And it took everything inside of me to say that, but I, I look good. <laughs> Why? Because our sins are forgiven, and I'm wearing sonship. Woohoo! Ah, you see, it's we need to get our inheritance, which is in light, which is a change of mindset, change of understanding. We we need to change our way of thinking. It's a new way of living. But you know, the Bible says to us one uh, Peter two, I think it's verse one. Um, it says in many places. Uh, in the Bible, but it says we need to put off anger, slander, malice, envy. We need to put off those things. I ask yourself this question, how do you put off those things? How do you, I think I, I said it best this, how do you put off works without getting into works? Put off anger. How do you put off anger um, without, you know, Go, I'm going to go to an anger management course, and I'm going to put some accountable people around me, and every time I go, and they go, and you go, oops, sorry, la, 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 la. How, how do you put off works without getting into works? Well, so I'm glad you asked me that question. It's a very important question. See, the way we do it, friends, is we don't let it attach itself to our identity, Oh, you see, we need to separate it from our identity. That's not who we are anymore. 
So now when I walk along, how do I put off anger? Anger wants to come and rise up inside me. I go, that's not who I am. No, no, no. I have to get involved in works. I go, I know who I am. Lord, I want to thank you that I have peace with you. I've been reconciled to you. I'm in love with you. You're in love with me. Anger is not part of my personality, my being, who I am, Father. I'm filled with your glory, your nature, your character. I thank you, Lord God. It's not works. That's actually just prayer. That's communing with God. Actually, when I get a little angry, it helps me to grow in my relation with God. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Lord. No anger management classes for me needed. Because it's not who I am. I don't know who that is. Friends, that's why what the devil tries to do is in your past, you might have slipped up. Oop, and I used to peep at the computer and I used to peep at things. And woo, now you come along, whatever, and, that, and suddenly, whoop, I had a little peep, whatever. And we go, oh, you see, I'm not delivered. I need to get sorted out and help. And it's horrible. And you see, that's who I am. And I hate myself. And why? And God's going, no, no, no. You go in the little, and you go, hey, that's not who I am. I've been delivered of that. I'm not a peeper. I know when I used to peep in the past, that was, the, that was another heart. But see, God gave me a new heart. I'm free. I want to talk about my new heart. Mm. See, don't wait for some magic day where everything's going to be right. Just believe God and walk in what He has done which is right. Amen. Stop waiting to be delivered. You are delivered. Stop giving the devil power and authority and ground in your life. You have been set free from him. We are not scared of the enemy, friends. We have been delivered from the enemy. I chat to people and they go, oh, you were done. You're unbelievable. You should have seen, oh, that person was so demonic and they came past and they touched me. Oh! Do you know what? I went to the hairdressers. I was lying in the hairdressers and this person came to wash my hair and they were massaging it. And, ooh, I could feel the nunus coming all over me. I knew that person was just evil. Ooh, it was so horrible. I got a headache. Friends, if you believe that that can happen, then it can happen. But the reality is my Jesus went around in crowds, friends. Crowds were swarming him, touching him. He wasn't going, whoop, whoop, whoop. He wasn't. Friends, he was walking around. People were brushing on him. Why? Because he believed that his transfer was happening from him. Not stuff coming onto him, friends. Leprosy never came onto Jesus. Jesus came onto leprosy. And guess what? Leprosy had to die, friends. You and I have been delivered. You don't have to get excited about that, but maybe one day you will. It's really a good thing that I'm sharing. See, fear and worry have no place in the kingdom of God. Being set free from fear and worry. Amen? Woo! Seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus, Luke chapter 10, verse 19, all authority is given to us. Nothing will by any means harm you. You, have, you can tramp, tramp on scorpions and, and serpents and all those things. Nothing will harm you. Friends, these are, this is who we are. Um, even this beautiful scripture in Matthew 16, 17, 18, when he talks about the commission, go and preach the gospel. And then he says, we need to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen? Then suddenly the enemy goes, oh, I'm going to confuse him now. This is not good that they're going to lay hands on people. So let's jump quickly into 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 12. It says, lay hands on no man suddenly. Whoop. Hold on a minute. I'm not going to lay hands on anyone so suddenly. Well, maybe we should study 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 12 and understand this in the context of elders. You don't just ordain people into positions of leadership and authority or elders just very quickly. Why? Because if you put them up there, whatever, and something happens, whatever, then you actually are responsible. But he's not talking about laying hands. We should be laying hands on people very quickly. 
When it comes to the gospel, he said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'm the contact point to the gospel. I want to lay hands on the sick because they will recover. If I lay hands on them, I am a son and a daughter. Amen. And only one or two things could happen. Either they get completely healed instantly or maybe they don't, but they got touched by love. Jesus touched them. Woohoo! I love uh, all these guys and they give you illustrations. They say, what you gotta do is say, listen, can I see your hand? Huh? What do you see my hand for? Oh, thank you. We're just released now in the name of Jesus. The presence and the power of God, the love of God. God loves you so much. Whoop, done it. Don't have to do a fancy prayer, friends. The power of God is not in the fancy prayer. It's not in all the fancy words. Long prayers of people that don't have faith. That's why out there it's very easy. Hey, the cashier is gonna give you back your change. Thank you. Thank you for my change. Bless you. Sure, you know how long have you been doing this job? For quite a long time. I stand on your feet a lot, eh? Got any back pain? That's not intelligence. That's kingdom. Amen? This is so difficult. I never get a word of knowledge. Go to a cashier and ask them if they got any back pain, hip pain, sore pain, anything in their legs, sore feet, something. You've just got a word of knowledge. And if you want to really make sure about it, then what you've got to do is ask them how long they've been in the job. Amen? Go to anybody who's standing behind a counter and take some money with you so you can buy something. You say, listen, I need some cold meat. How are you doing? Whatever. And they, you been doing this long? Yeah, oh, man, years. It's terrible. Oh, why is it terrible? You got any back pain or legs sore? Yeah, knees. You had trouble with me. Okay, let me see your hand. What's wrong, what's wrong with my hand? Just let it know. So you're going to like this. Let me see your hand. Take your hand. In the name of Jesus, we just pray for those knees right now. Just come on and just come into line. One or two things are going to happen. Just going to go, whoa, wow, this is awesome. Well, how did you do that? How did you do that? Let me tell you about Jesus. Or she's going to say, no, they're still flipping sore. And you go, that's really cool. Can we pray again? No, I want you to pray again. Whatever. That's fine, whatever. Just want you to know that God loves you. And God died for that pain in your knee. He wants to take it away from you. He doesn't want you to live in pain. Amen? Be blessed. I hope you have a really good day. I'm going to trust and pray that you will have a good day and, and uh, pain's going to go from your knee. Right? She just goes, that was a bit of a nutter, but man, I felt loved. Amen? <laughs> okay, I'm landing. Oh. Uh, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Amen? So he's qualified us now. He's all he's asking us to do is to live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? Well, it means to not live by feelings. I don't have to wait. Amen? 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 says, by this, by this was the love of God manifest, that God sent his son into the world. Love was manifest. Hebrews chapter one says to me that in the long ago that God spoke through the prophets, but now he has spoken through his son. God has spoken to every single one of us and told us this is love, manifest. Guys, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. It's a done deal, I love you. Did you not hear me? I love you, okay? You're all loved. Everybody in this building, you're all loved by God. It's done deal. You never have to worry up and down, get second guess, ask him questions. Do you love me? Don't you love me? It's a done deal. You're all loved. Amen. But now it's up to you and I whether we walk in that. And to walk in that, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So it's not by feelings. Oh, I don't know. I don't feel loved. It's got nothing to do with your feelings. It's got to do with that you are loved and just walk in that love now. 
Amen. <sighs> okay. Hallelujah. Oh, leave the rest. So to wrap up this morning, in all excitement and all passion and sweating and jumping up and down, is to say to every single one of us, we are incredible people. We are the delight of creation. Creation has been groaning. The whole earth has been groaning for you and I. To just stand up and dare to believe who we are. And the enemy in your head constantly. And it's just to shut up. Talk to the hand. God, this is who I am. You love me. I am loved. I have been qualified. I am the kingdom of God. I am now your house. You are happy to live in me. My responsibility is simply just to demonstrate who you are to the world around me, just to be loved to everyone around me. I don't need programs to do that. I don't need to, to convince and tell the whole church, we need to fill these seats, church. We need to grow this. You all need to come to the courses. I want to tell you how to share Jesus. No, we need to share one another's lives. We need to encourage one another's lives. We're gonna help one another because every single one of us has got a sphere of influence. Every single one of us goes into spheres where you minister to people. And if we can work and help one another and live life together and say, right, this is who you are. Let me trumpet your identity. Let me trumpet what you're doing. Then when I go into those environments and just be love, love ministers to that person. And when love ministers to that person, love never fails. And when love never fails, friends, that person cannot but respond. That's why I'm trying to encourage you, no matter where you go and touch, whatever you do, love never fails. Just be love. You're not looking for a convert. You're not looking to get them to say, say a sinner's prayer. You're not looking to try and tell them even about Jesus. People go, well, why didn't you tell them about Jesus? I just gave them Jesus. By them getting healed. By giving them life, by saying in the name of Jesus, be healed. That was Jesus. I'm not responsible for where they are, friends, in God. God's the one. We just, what does the Bible say? The kingdom of God is what, friends? It's like a man who scatters seed. And then he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and he doesn't know, but it just grows. If you don't sow, nothing will grow. Amen? Our responsibility is just to sow love. Ooh, love. Go to sleep, rise, go to sleep. The seeds will grow, friends. Amen? Shall we stand? I've run out of breath. Harder by Sunday. Oh, what am I doing? I'm trying to encourage the church to be who they are. Not to be somebody different. Not to try and do something. We're not trying to be a Christian. I'm not trying to... Have faith. Amen. Faith is not something you try. <laughs> it's who you are. So Lord, we just come before you as this amazing family. We thank you, Lord God, that you gathered us together for such a time as us. You put us in each other's lives. Planted, rooted by the Lord as family, to stand with one another, encourage one another. And whatever we're going through, Lord God, because the reality is, Lord God, I'm not negating anything that we're going through. 
I'm saying the answer to what you're going through is not another program. It's not another church. It's not another uh, 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 this or that. It's simply a revelation of who you are. You're a son and a daughter of God. You are love. You were predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And whom God predestined, he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he has glorified. You have been glorified already. You have the very nature. The glory of God is the nature and the character of God inside of you. God is pleased and happy with you. He was pleased to make his dwelling place inside of you. You are his house. And he has qualified you. The Father has qualified you and given you the most amazing robe. And you can walk in that every single day. And you can live in that place every single day. If you will just not give the devil a foothold, pull down every vain imagination and lofty thought that tries to raise itself above the knowledge of God. That you missing the mark or your sin, friends, God has taken care of that. That is no longer a problem or an issue. We are children of Almighty God, called to arise and shine in these last days. Dare to believe that we can bring heaven to earth. Dare to believe that heaven is inside of me and it just wants to flow like a river. And God took care of everything and He gave me Holy Spirit that empowers me, that helps me. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. God has prepared beforehand what we should walk in, friends. And we are His workmanship. Do you not think God designed us to do what He's called us to do? What kind of a worker, friends, who needs a spanner designs a chisel? God knew what was needed and He designed the tool. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared even beforehand. He knows what we're gonna do. We're His sons and daughters and He's asking us to arise this morning and shine for our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. I encourage you church, you're qualified, you're accepted in the beloved, you're God's child. Go and shine for Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.